would you buy if you're a zombie? What would you be after if you're at the pretzels. mall? Pretzels. Oh. Pretzels. Pretzels. Yeah. Pretzels. Uh, pretzels. Like air I, I'd go to a mall that had a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Because movie theater malls hit different. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. Like Stratford. Fucking yeah. Insane. Uh, yeah. Westfield's what type of view there. It's hard to find. Yeah. It'd be really yeah. hard. It's really hard to find. It's, it's like a maze. Nobody would ever look for you there. Yeah. 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 And also, it's like, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, you can, I feel like you can get away with uh, a lot of shit over in Westfield and the zombie apocalypse because they've got like bad oh, cages, sure. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Now. It's insane. You'd never run out of clothes. You'd never run out of food. You can always raid a rich person's home literally yeah. next door. But you'd also, like, if you were a zombie in that, in that uh, environment, you'd struggle because, it's hard enough to find stuff as a living person, but like you're dead, you can't even like navigate like escalators pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you just get dragged up, <laughs> up and down floors. Yeah, just hanging out, never on finding what you want. Ice skating mm. rinks and all sorts of stuff. Shop to you drop. Yeah. Oh, welcome to franchise presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, the podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises or sometimes the smaller ones because this is kind of what this is one film at a time as we try to figure out what makes a franchise good what makes it bad and what makes it work ladies and gentlemen i'm your host john foster and i'm here each and every week with a little broke back boy he is slowly decaying no no every time he's just decaying <laughs> no, each episode not broke back he's boy just... that means something <laughs> else on the internet Jake hey uh, that's the market we're trying to reach we need we need to get into that crowd a little bit more i think someone like a jamie would appreciate crowd. that yeah, yeah and zombie movie another way in yeah well it's hey they do have zombie yeah. porn it is phil what's up phil that's how's it going it's good um i've got my feet up now i'm trying to find a comfy position yeah but good you're good Good. how 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 are you i'm good and all right who else is here it is no one the co-host of the original times like this film is the original dawn of the dead um how's it going arianne hey hey jonathan it's my daughter arianne we didn't do my hair we can't do it right yeah. this fuck episode's hey. going to shit already it's called who is it Ariane and Anzapoetry. My daughter. What's up, Ariane? What's up, Phil? How are I'm you guys so doing dead. this week? Hey, Phil. We're okay. Are you guys excited? A bit zombified. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very. I adore this film. I think this is this is probably peak of uh, this whole entire experiment yeah, of too season early. two. <laughs> yeah. We peaked too early. You guys. Yeah. We're already at my favorite. Well, I think like yeah. maybe with with uh, some of the side missions, maybe we will redeem ourselves a little bit with some yeah. like pretty quality films. But mm. this is probably like the heights. This is like the, the peak of these these films of the Dead yeah. series and even the return of the Living Dead series. Because uh, those are just goofy. So yeah, we're this here. This is like goofy. goofy, but in a cool yeah. way. In yeah, a cool definitely. way. But it also has like a strong message, mm. some important character development and stuff more. I think like it's almost like a weird remake of the first film in a way, like, but no one ever talks about that. Like mm, it has similar sure. vibes, but they just kind of change it up a little bit towards the end and stuff. And it's more fleshed out, but they allow characters to properly develop in similar themes, obviously, but just a different period of time in the zombie apocalypse. But yeah. Let's get into it, guys. David Peary of Time Out said, undoubtedly, the zombie movie to end them all. 
<laughs> Janet Maslin of the New York Times said, perhaps our movie buffs will consider this an improvement. Wow. What the fuck is that? <laughs> All right. So I don't shady. know what she was on. Yeah. Uh, Gary Arnold of the Washington Post said, between atrocities, the movie has its funny moments and funny lines. It's just difficult to relish the humor when you're dripping in so much gore. Oh, my God. And by gore, you mean paint. Yes. Yeah. You, you people are prude. Just chill out. <laughs> people back then were prudes. <laughs> prude. Like, how do you survive? You can't even, like, handle the sight of fake blood. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, it's not yeah. real. It's not real. Out. Fucking fiction. But that is the thing with zombies that are kind of funny. We were talking about, like, you know, um, people, like, could happen. Really could happen. Yeah. Could. I mean, we don't Boring. know. We don't know what Bill Gates is doing. <laughs> or could you know happen. I mean? yeah. Me publicly accusing the former CEO of Microsoft of developing zombies. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if anyone's going to do it, he's going to do it, right? Just yeah. 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 <laughs> oh boy, yes, he's back again from the oh, grave. No. Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Craze said, "In a rare league of ingenious horror films that are." Utterly timeless. Here we go. He knows what's he up. Hit it. He's always he he's always there on point, Felix Vasquez. And if he says something bad about the film, then you know it's probably bad. So, <laughs> so far, so good. That's our metric. Yeah, he yeah. loved everything. Our man from last time, Roger Ebert. I love how Roger Ebert always becomes like a, a center point of like franchises for us because he like was a big important part of like. Hey, so is Felix, man. Yeah, Stop Felix, this is, Felix Erasure. Yeah. He made the Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Ebert had a big part in uh, Better, Luck Better Luck Tomorrow becoming a bigger thing. And then he, he, he became like a bit of a point that would come up a lot, a little bit. Um, and he's back and he he's obviously just like trying to go back on himself for the shit yeah. he calls with the back Night of the Dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? They're both great. Yeah, he said Dawn of the Dead is the best horror, uh, one of the best horror films ever made and Period. as an escapable result of one of the most horrifying. It's gruesome, sickening, disgusting, violent, brutal, and appalling. It certainly is, Roger, so... <laughs> when there's no more room in hell, the dead... Bill and Ariane, let's get into it. We fought off the reanimated ghouls and Night of the Living Dead, only to be shot down by our fellow man, ACAB, right? Now, we take on a different kind of zombie. It's the modern day shopper in Dawn Ah. of the Dead. Got him. Fucking got him. Got him. George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room, not that room! Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. 
this situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. Get yeah. out. I don't believe We're it. We're gonna what? get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot him, man. Now, except the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences, George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. We may never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center. One of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. We've got a war. I'm afraid. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the dead. As hordes of zombies swarm over the U.S., the terrified populace tries everything in their power to escape the attack of the undead. But neither cities nor the countryside prove safe. In Pennsylvania, radio station employee Stephen, played by... David M.G., and his girlfriend Francine, played by Galen Ross, escape in the station helicopter, accompanied by two renegade SWAT members, Roger, played by Scott Reniger, and Peter, played by Ken Foray, and God, we were talking about Keenan and Kel before we started yes. to record this. Yes, He's Keenan's dad in Keenan and Kel! Yeah. Yes! Yes! Boy, better recognize <laughs> the connection. <laughs> The group retreats to the haven of an enclosed shopping center awesome. to make what could be humanity's last stand. Only problem is it's the undead who are flocking to the mall as if there's some sort of memory of what they used to be and what they used to do while they were living. Oh, and they also have to defend their new home from a rogue motorcycle gang whose number two is none other than Tom Savini. Mm. It's the 1978 zombie horror, what some would call masterpiece, written, directed, and edited by George A. Romero. Phil, Ariane, hot takes out the gate. Ooh. Who wants it? I, I would like. I would like mm. to have it. Um, I adore this film. It's one of those things where, like, right out of the gate, um, I knew and I remember that Dario Argento was involved and I don't remember yeah. in what capacity. Oh yeah. But the second that opening shot came, I was like, you hear the music, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh he's here. He's here. <laughs> um, I think he did the music and he was also like a script consultant, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and he had to cut of it as well. Yeah, yeah, he did a cut of it as well. Yeah, which version did you guys watch, by the way? 
Because there's like three. I watched the OG theatrical yeah, cut. One was Me in too. It's hard drive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> whichever one I had yeah. on hand. Yeah, the, the copy I, I stole from Fright Fest. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, cool. by the way. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about um, cuts later, but yeah. Yeah, but I really like the thing about this that I really, really, genuinely enjoyed was like it's an update and it sort of mirrors what the world kind of is like now, you know, um, mm-hmm. specifically, like I love the way it opens in the TV station and everybody's scrambling <laughs> to get the right information out and people are arguing on camera. You yeah. can hear Fran on the, like all the broadcast and, and everybody, you can really like see the people that are trying to, to help um, everyone else, but then also the people that back out to save themselves. And then you cut to that insane scene in the, in the projects and like the power oh, block, my God, yeah. the one guy that did brown face, but then, you know, it becomes- <laughs> right. I was going to ask, I was like, he's definitely in brown face, right? right? Yeah. I was like, you, you couldn't get like real Puerto Rican people. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so odd, but yeah. also very late seventies. Yeah, um, unfortunately, because yeah, everybody looked like they were out of straight out of the set from like, yeah, you know, the Warriors or something. They just got yeah, yeah. And put into this for film. real. I would watch <laughs> Zombie Warriors, but um, <laughs> Any like this was really it wasn't shy about having something to say. Like it was very tongue in cheek about it as well. It was really really fun and really yeah. really funny at times and it's also exactly what i would do in a zombie apocalypse where i would run yeah. to the place with the most supplies and yeah. stay there and not let anybody touch it or get in also all their skin was gray i just noticed <laughs> that this time around yeah. i was like they put everybody in a they look like that guy from um american dad they all look yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> um, gray face yeah they're doing <laughs> I I think that's something kind of funny. I was hoping we would touch on the last one. And I kind of forgot about it. But like, oh you, yeah, uh, what you, like yeah, what would you do? How how long could you survive in this film? Is sort of the specifically thing. in this film so fucking long until the biker show up? Yeah, I that's the thing. You you your idea is like yeah. obviously correct. I used to have these conversations all the time because I worked in a grocery store. And yeah. we were taught like me and this guy that I used to work with, like we're talking about the walking dead a lot, you know, it was around the time when it was still airing, like, uh, well in the early days. And like, um, so I would come in, it was almost like water cooler talk. Like, yeah, did you see that? Like, and then we were like, we're, in, we're here in this like Haven. We have the keys to the place and it's like fortified, really good, strong doors. And you can just put strong shit. And we always talk about like, yeah, this would be a perfect place, but it's definitely not a smart not. place to be. It's because, hard to fortify. And also people... Yeah. And that's where everybody goes. Yeah, people are going to want to go. So it's like... Exactly. It's kind I, of would I would go... take as much as I can and run. <laughs> yeah, I would I would go to the cinema. Fuck it. If the yeah. place I, I know literally have to talk about that like, conversation in London, all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's the first place I would hit. The like, cinema would be a good well. spot for a while. You could yeah. have a popcorn a while. Yeah, there's a, a lot of... popcorn a while. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of booze. There's a lot of places snacks. If it's in the winter, there's a lot of like warm clothes and things you can make into warm clothes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah. layers of Tommy merch. Okay, Tommy Wiseau merchandise will save your life in a zombie apocalypse. How long would Tommy (laughs) Wiseau survive in a zombie apocalypse? Too long. Who's to say he's not going to be the person who starts the zombie apocalypse? (laughs) (laughs) He already is one. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so shocked that he's not doing a zombie film. Why Big Shark? No zombie film. Big zombie shark. Big zombie zombie shark. shark. Come 2022. Uh, Come out. We already do go shark. Yeah, Yeah. I make our best friend back to town. (laughs) (laughs) I love George Romero. Next question. (laughs) 
That's so. That is so perfect. You don't understand how much. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bill, how about you? Are you yeah. Hot takes? Oh man. Um, yeah. Again, there. no hot take. I'm not gonna pretend like this. It's an fucking yeah masterpiece of like horror cinema <laughs> of a zombie movie of everything. It's a batshit insane movie. Yeah. And watching it back to back with Night of the Living Dead, it's one I've seen a bunch anyway. Mm. I know it fairly well, but it's been a few years since I've seen it. And I completely omitted that whole TV station bit. I was like, Yeah, me too. This I completely love yeah. that bit. I did yeah, the same but you're thing. Right. It's been quite it a while. It totally worked. It throws you yeah. into a fucking hurricane and there's no yeah. way out. And it's horrible. Yeah. Hence, hence why you're, you're immediately with the character and you're like, Yeah, we should get the fuck out. We should jump on a helicopter and leave. Yeah. I, I love Dawn of the Dead. I think it's, yeah, watching them back to back, it's like, elevates it it's bigger and better and it's more elaborate and complex and does it best to fix any shortcomings that are there mm-hmm. in the first one For like sure. especially with the characters but can, yeah i always remember the movie starting just like at the mall but then when we got to the mall i thought i'm really glad i had like all this time with the characters yeah beforehand mm. like i do it's just like i forgot how much went into their relationship and how much they Grow throughout the movie. At the sure. I guess when I look back at Dawn of the Dead, I only remember the most Michael Gang, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick. It, had mo- it had more of a sense of humor, yeah, uh, than the first one, which I I appreciate. Um, but you know, you, he proved you could do both. You could do a serious one, and you could do this one is semi serious. But there are yeah. funny, like when they're going around shoving pies and zombie faces. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. But the most impressive thing was like, I don't understand how he did it twice, and I haven't seen Day of the yes. Dead either. But he did it twice. He did a movie that was incredibly definitive of the time, both 1968 and 1978. And yet they are both just as relevant now and both perfectly complement each other. It's like a perfect sequel, but doesn't actually sequelize any of the characters, just the world and the yeah. story. And you get more of that developing again through the TV broadcast. Like mm. that's a really interesting conversation that they keep cutting to. Like mm. they're trying to essentially find a solution to the zombie problem. Um, but it's just so much fun. Like the acting is better, the effects are better, just the jump in quality. Maybe it's just the black and white to color. And yeah. like the blood is there. They use that color. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Like in the most gory way possible. I can mean the, the word gorgeous. It's just so much fun and so interesting. And something I forgot to compliment the last one. I think both do a good job of like avoiding that stupid horror stereotype of like oh why'd you do that come on like yeah. nobody would yeah. ever do it yeah. why'd you go up there you'd identify with their choices still yeah yeah it's, re- it's semi-realistic even Dawn the Dead which is it's more complicated just in terms of the layout although they do do a good job of knowing where you are in the space mm. you sort of learn it you learn it with them but yeah and what you said Jonathan it's low-key a remake of the first one and I only mm. saw that at the end when I was like, oh, this whole thing is like them running to a place and them having to get out of a place. It's yeah. like it's mm-hmm. the same thing with a more uplifting ending. Yeah. But it's like, but what a great way to do it. That's why it feels like that's your, I guess, your connective tissue. That's always the structure of these movies, but the details and the experience of change. Yeah. So, yes, Dawn of the Dead is great. It's yeah. Obviously great. And it's like the, the whole thing, like the ending as well. I mean, you just kind of like you're left again with your lead black actor and a woman like, you know, so it's another thing like with the first film, like we didn't really touch on as much about like, even it's mainly because Barbara is kind of like, she's sort of like just helpless and worthless. 
Like, yeah. you know, she's like completely <laughs> just she's like hysterical. Yeah, it's so hysterical. But like you get a little bit more in this film with Francine to like grow on. She she starts a bit hysterical and we're like, oh, here we go again. But then she grows and she establishes herself in the group and it's really nice. But like you get that again where it's like she's like, you know, there's a woman who's important in this film. And then there's the black man who's the like the lead, who's the like the final survivor, who's the strong one, who's like the most like put together one. Because the I, I like the relationships between him and uh, Peter and Roger and stuff. And it's really yeah. sweet towards the end and stuff like when Peter has him to put Peter, Roger down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Roger is like a like in, he he like Roger's- just goes insane like yeah. as well because he starts off but pretty level headed. Like- awesome throughout the whole thing yeah Yeah. like he's so level-headed because like you have like flyboy uh basically just being kind of like clueless steven's just so clueless he can't shoot can't shoot for shit yeah he's just like nearly getting them killed i love it when when roger just comes in like taps away like steven's gun gun with his own be like sorry (laughs) yeah he does it twice a perfect a perfect headshot Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's almost a shame how like i don't know maybe it's just because he it like he evolved to a point where he was just having fun with it and it got him mm-hmm. in trouble and it's what ultimately led to his downfall and stuff. But then that yeah, relationship exactly, yeah. it, a little too reckless because him and Peter, they had really only just met each other like earlier, yeah. like, and yeah. they just, but they this, bonded over something. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Yeah. But over something intense, the, the opening to the film is crazy too. the, like inside that, like, um, uh, that like building high rise yeah. Project, yeah. Yeah. yeah basically in the project freaking racist just, cop yeah like, oh that guy oh. that made me like viscerally angry i yeah. hated watching that this guy just going around fucking shooting everyone yeah. like He's innocent really, people like and then like horrible. roger like tries to stop it and everything and like yeah. and, then and peter and peter's the one who takes peter's him out, the one that stops it, yeah. yeah which is great and that's what they bond over because Pe- like what does peter say like oh you're in his unit and he's like oh, i didn't i didn't see nothing and then he was yeah. just like all right all right. Uh, like, yeah. So it's kind of cool. And then they decide to fuck off together. It's But that whole sequence is just insane. Just inside that place. But it also has one of my favorite hilarious things. that's like been burned into my brain since the first time I saw this film. I think I saw it like when I was kind of like a, I don't know, early teenager, I think 13, 14 years old. And uh, I remember vividly the first time I ever saw that scene, like where they open up the door of that apartment and the first like zombie just sort of like comes out. Cause you're not really sure what you're dealing with here. You only hear that mm-hmm. one guy say, Oh, there's like some, you know, they're keeping some of the zombies here or something, and, but you haven't seen anything yet. You just have like innocent people because they created martial law or they enacted martial law and they're just trying to like, it's illegal for them to be living in a private domicile. Mm-hmm. So they need to get them yeah. out of here. So they're just going through and that fucker's just shooting everyone. But then they get to that one door and then like, the zombie comes out, and it's just this guy, and he's it's just like Tom fucking Savini, like is at it already in this film. He just takes that massive like bite oh, out of the dude, oh, like the woman's yeah. neck. The woman's it's neck. Just, like, oh my god! It's she just, looks just amazing. Like, it's insane. It's I remember awesome. like thinking like how fucking hilarious that looked the first time I saw it, and re-seeing it again years and years later, it just made me laugh so hard. I was like, I love this. This is so good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this film's great, man. Like it, it's long. It's a longer film, but like, it's longer. Yeah, it's like it's one of those. I think like because there is a lot of a lot going on with some of the characters building and stuff. There's a lot that you need to kind of pay attention to, and it's not something I think that you can put on mindlessly, thinking that you want to like oh, mm. just watch this silly film. There's a lot going oh, on no. here. 
Yeah. You know, there's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, there's plenty to keep you entertained with, like a lot of crazy action and special effects and gore and violence and insanity. But there's also just a lot of in-depth sort of conversations and character development, which I think is what makes it so great. Like you said, Phil, like it's amazing that he did like that 1968 film that was so seminal, but this one's even as like influential. It's just like he did it again. It's insane. <laughs> Most people don't even get one. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they'd already yeah. get two. Yeah. Because I mean, like, arguably, this one's, I mean, it's the most successful zombie film, <laughs> really. Yeah. Like the most of all time. Loved zombie film. It's the most, like, and it's crazy. He set the rules with the first one and then he, like, learned how to, like, to keep the rules. To keep the rules. Mm. And yeah. yeah. And maybe even break them. Who knows? Uh, after right, redefining yeah. zombies and changing horror forever, George A. Romero deliberately held off for making a sequel to Night of the Living Dead for several years. So it's a 10 year gap. And he did this to avoid being labeled a horror director. So he filled his time directing There's Always Vanilla, which is a bit of a, like a rom-com, <laughs> and Season <laughs> of the Witch. He then started to lean back into cult horror because he did The Crazies, the original from 1973. Oh, the original. Yeah, yeah. which is sci-fi horror. And then he did the critically acclaimed art house Success Martin from 1978, which is a film that deals with the vampire myth. And it's very entertaining. I've got a copy of it that I've been meaning to like rewatch because I haven't watched that in years. It's like a really fun film. But the history of Dawn of the Dead began in 1974 when George A. Romero was invited by friend Mark Mason of Oxford Development Company, who Romero knew from an acquaintance that he went with to Carnegie Mellon. And he went with this man to visit Monroeville Mall outside of Pittsburgh, which Mason's company had managed at the time. And after showing Romero hidden parts of the mall, uh, during which Romero noted <laughs> the, the bliss of the customers, like, and he's back here and they just don't even know that we're back here in these weird little places and stuff. And Mason jokingly suggested that someone could be able to survive in a mall should an emergency occur. And with this inspiration, Romero began to write the screenplay for the film. Uh, the second big ingredient to, that led to Dawn of the Dead, like you said, Ariane, is Dario Argento. So the acclaimed Italian director was best known, you know, for things like Suspiria. He was a big, big fan of George A. Romero's and The Night of the Living Dead. And, uh, you know, you could say you flip it. It's like. I'm sure Romero was a huge fan of fans of each other. That's awesome. They're both just like groundbreaking, doing some amazing things. Uh, Well, Romero was like, you know, really struggling for financing the sequel, which is crazy. But, you know, I guess it's it's of the time. It's just like, you know, 10 years later, sequels aren't very common. People, again, are quick to forget before Rocky. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really that accepted. Yeah. So he was struggling, and Argento was a big fan, so he offered to help Romero get financing, and they even invited him to Rome to work on the script. Romero said, they got us a little a little apartment, and I sat in Rome, and I banged it out. The most famous yeah. line in Dawn of the Dead is a line so famous that it became the movie's tagline and was later used by Zack Snyder's 2004 remake, which we'll talk about next week, uh, <laughs> belongs to the character of Peter, which is... There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk the earth. Great line. Incredible line. Yeah. And as catchy and unforgettable as is, Romero doesn't recall any grand moment of inspiration. He said he was just drunk one night and he was trying to get the script finished. 
That's oh, the dream, isn't him. it? That's yeah, the dream, just, isn't it? Yeah. Phil and I are just like, oh, I wish. Yeah. And he just okay. like shipped it out better yeah. than yeah. Left of it. And it's a great little monologue leading up to it that like yeah. referenced all the stuff we were talking about last time about the sort of origin of the mm. zombie in yeah. history, you know, mm. coming from like, uh, like yeah, voodoo, voodoo myth yeah. and, and he literally referenced that, yeah. which I think it's cool. He did like tied it off almost. Yeah, Romero told Rolling Stone in 1978, I just made that up, truly. On a drunken night, I was really crashing to finish the script, and I thought that I was kind of nice. It was from something Dario Gento told me. My family is Cuban, and Dario said, well, you have a Caribbean background, and that's why you're into the zombie thing. Zombies originated in <laughs> Haiti. I said, well, all right. I just try to figure... <laughs> and I'll I write just, that down. <laughs> I said, all right. I just figured that was something... A voodoo priest might say, "We, I'm just having fun, man." <laughs> I love like that's how I want to approach everything yeah. from now on. We, I'm just having fun, man. I love Romero's vibe. Anytime you like he's see awesome. anything with him, like talking, he's just like he, you could tell he's just a total. Truly, like, he was a treasure. Like, yeah, like, I just like zombie uh, movies, man. Yeah, man, <laughs> I'm into fun. the zombie thing. I just cool, man. What if he like? Fell off right there, and he hit the water. It'd be great. <laughs> oh my god, the the freaking the clumsiest ass zombie in this whole movie backflipped into not even the fountain, the little pond they had set up next oh, to the car yeah. you're supposed to win. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Some thick bump taken by zombies. I think there's a lot of like there's a lot going on here. Like a lot with, of goofs. Uh, again, Romero just kind of not really giving like much. Uh, mm. script for people and just kind of letting people uh, think to work yeah like to work he, for him. yeah I'm broke. like that's one thing i give to these movies so far they have really naturalistic dialogue yeah yeah like people repeat themselves and they talk over each other and mm. make mistakes and say shitty but honest thing yeah yeah i mean uh there's a lot of, like for instance like uh so you have like scott reiniger who plays uh roger and he apparently, so like Ken Forey, who plays Peter, had already been cast in the film. And like Scott was going out for the role and they were really concerned because he's quite a bit shorter, right? So he's like 5'7 and um, Ken Forey's 6'5 or something like that. He's <laughs> much mm-hmm. taller. And he was really worried that like, oh, like, you know, there's, a, there's quite a big difference and you guys are together a lot and it's kind of a, like, you know, it's weird because that seems like a natural sort of thing now, but I guess in his head, like, oh, that's going to be distracting. And, how like, do we shoot it? Yeah. And Scott yeah. was like, how would, how, how would we even do that? Do they have cameras that can do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine if Shaq was around then. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't seen twins yet. They haven't seen twins yet. But Scott was like, you know, in 15 minutes, no one's going to even be paying attention. Be like that guy's a little too yeah. short. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just never show you together in one shot. They should see this podcast. John is very tall, and Phil and I are around the same height. <laughs> yeah, and I'm lying down, so I'm even shorter right now. Yeah. We're all the same size lying down, baby. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but yeah, so Scott Scott Reniger got a call like I don't know a few hours later, and he got the part. But it's funny because that ended up becoming a thing that they were ad libbing about. Like in the film, they were making that shit up about, you remember this, the scene where they're in the trucks, driving the trucks and they start talking about oh, yeah. the height difference and all that. Oh, it's yeah. like a really playful conversation. It was all improvised. Like, 
great. It's awesome. awesome. Like, really Those love that. Those tracks were insane. They have such good rapport. Yeah. I just loved watching mm. them. Yeah, also, they're so fun. I mean, they have incredible chemistry. There's a lot of it. Yeah. So it, you get a lot of when it, yeah. what ha- When what yeah. happened happened, when you have to put him down. It really it's hurt. So it really hit. And they, they happened fucking off screen, which makes it even more hard to watch. Those are, yeah. like, my favorite. I think I've talked about this before, but things you don't see makes moments more powerful for me. Like, I've talked to you guys, I think, about that horror film Frozen, the um, not the Disney. Oh, yeah. Let it but, go. Yeah. The ski yeah, lift one. Yeah. Right? And they're called on the, that- they're called on like the, um, they're called on the ski lift. Power goes out. They're stuck up there and one of them decides to jump down. And when he jumps down, he breaks his legs and then these wolves come and like oh, fucking shit. eat him. But you don't see it. You just see you the see people's it, yeah. like facial reactions, like like up on the ski lift having to deal with the horror they're hearing below and it makes it even scarier like for me that's cinema it's, baby it's easy to show the shit Kino. right like it's easy yeah like exactly. that's not scary show don't tell but if you can't you know if you don't show it it might be a lot better than yeah either. yeah at least at least with horror especially yeah yeah, yeah for sure I, I think what you could imagine is probably yeah. worse than what they could ever show yeah. you on screen actually like, that's the guy yeah. getting a fucking ear cut off in red of our dog right that's infinitely yeah. better yeah. having not seen it there's so many great moments like that in cinema that just so powerful like you know i'll I always love that more like i think that's what works about like halloween and all those other classic like films oh, like that. Yeah. it's just like you don't have jump scares that like get like that are just there it's cheap it's they don't like, stay with yeah. you you know i like oh man the have you both seen maholland drive yeah oh, Phil, all right i won't say it then but there's that's a oh, joke okay. no no there's a moment in the film that's genuinely terrifying and it's one of the things that scared yeah. me the most like when i first saw it it's like holy shit, <laughs> and it's all, all right. the exposition around it. It's like I think that's what I mean. It's just so much more powerful. So that moment when you hear the gunshot and you know Peter, and you see like the face of Fran, and like it's just like shit, man. Fried, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Him down it sucks. Just depressing. Yeah, but he was out of control by that point. He was he was getting reckless. Yeah, I love that bit where uh, they're all for the first time sort of raiding the mall, and then. Roger just settles in his little his little wagon with like a jar of, of what was it like oh it's like pickle juice I'm sure. <laughs> no, like yeah egg. yeah and he's just he's pickle just, he's just like savoring it he's just like hell yeah everybody else is doing all this other montage stuff and he's just <laughs> yeah. drinking he just puts yeah. on a hat and he's drinking yeah, yeah it's like yeah. pickled eggs or some shit I love that whole montage anyway just cause of like just the things that people do when they're let loose and they're alone and it's just like it's stuff that like yeah. Literally, it's so the stuff of fantasy. Trying on clothes, yeah, it's and so like, stupid. Yeah, playing hockey, where are you gonna, and playing video games. Where are you ever pretending to to be things. at a restaurant? Pretending to yeah. do this, yeah, like, yeah. Even that, that starts as a joke, and that turns into like a really dramatic yeah, thing. It's so sweet, as yeah. Well. Which is great, yeah. really sweet. Yeah, well, the whole wristwatch thing. It's like, who cares? Like, yeah. You know, do you need to tell time anymore? Getting money. I love the that money. bit where they're they're in the bank, and, the and then the security camera, and they shake they shake hands. It's incredible. I love it. That's the kind of shit. Like if. I'm making the movie. I would, I would use shit. later. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah. would do it. I'd be like, and years later, like they're looking at these photos and like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> like, they're they're <laughs> robbing the fucking mall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, this during the pandemic. <laughs> well, what would be the the COVID equivalent of that? Like shaking hands next to toilet paper, like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or not shaking hands. Dealing, dealing like the lateral flow. <laughs> lateral yeah, dealing flow test. Yeah. It's like they're free. Just fucking yeah. order you're, stuff. You're shaking hands when somebody pricks your finger to drop your blood into the lateral flow. Test. Yeah. That's, yeah. 2020, what? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we have David M.G. playing Flyboy, and his partner is uh, Galen Ross playing Francine Fran, Fly Girl. I, I love I like I said earlier though I mean like we didn't get enough out of uh, Barbara but I love the sort of like Fran just like you know growing in she this really, film yeah. like it's really good because like it kind of redeems it it's a, it's a shame how like yeah. it just kind of shit uh, Barbara is and it's just like and that's the most you kind of really get of a female character from that first film but in this one it's just mm-hmm. like she starts that way but then she just she evolves and it's like it's something you see so much and like that's what's so awesome about this film is just like a lot of the characters are evolving a lot like um and it's yeah. it's like you know you you see that in these zombie things like the walking dead when you're like having to deal with it mm. with time everything's with time it's like uh, Roger was really level headed but he and then he, he went just went insane. insane and it was like yeah. everything was a game to him almost and yeah, yeah. Steven I mean, flyboy i mean you know he he, he becomes a better shot. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's a better shot. Yeah, he was useless, well, but he, he yeah. kind of found his way in the group, and it's like that's whole the whole thing. Everyone's finding their place in the group, and like Peter has to become the leader, and he's like probably he's it was something right. he was trying to buck earlier in the film, just get away from. But then he is. He's just like who he is. He's just a natural born yeah. leader. Yeah, there's an interesting like thing there again having watched the first one right before and like I do appreciate the conscious effort for making Francina a more well-rounded character and it's fun to see her evolve it reminded me almost of Alien that like it's so mm. much more satisfying yeah rather than that you throw this person at me and they're like oh they're just great at everything yeah. like it's boring and it's like, it's like she, they learn you see exactly. them learn yeah. yeah yeah and she so, but yeah at the beginning you're like oh no she's like another woman in shock but it's like it kind of makes sense she's pregnant fine and she sort of deliberately left out of proceedings as it goes on she like makes herself she's like I'm part of this group there's fucking four of us I'm gonna learn to shoot you're gonna teach me how to fucking fly that thing mm. so we can <laughs> so we can get out of here yeah and, and she's she like patching everybody too. up you know yeah Exactly. She naturally takes the maternal. Yeah. She said she thing. didn't like, want she, to as well. That's what I love about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to play Dead Mother here. It's like, but, but then they yeah. used it as the reason for them to go, yeah. which I love. Like, she's like, I don't want to do that. And then you fucking see the scene later where she's making them dinner yeah. and they're fighting over the TV. And then that's when she said, Look what's become of us. And that's what leads into them fucking, like, her learning to fly and then the bike again showing up. Yeah. And it's like, but I thought it was a nice flippant well like having the woman like clearly in hysterics during the whole first movie mm. i thought there was more of that in the male characters here and it and it goes unexplored yeah. i think so i don't know how much intentional it but like obviously Even pete and roger yeah. yeah pete and roger are like clearly shell-shocked like soldiers yeah like going through some deep post-traumatic stress they've had to kill like a significant number of people. They just went mm. through that horrible experience where they went into basement and just taking people yeah. out. Yeah. And it's like loot. They obviously probably lost a lot of friends and it's like in the last few weeks. So it's really intense what they've been through. And it feels like neither of them really get to talk about it, but it's clearly yeah. influencing mm-hmm. what's going on in their head. Yeah. Like it's almost like they have this sort of death, death wish mentality. And that's why 
Peter Arcade could at the end, where he'd literally go from "I'm about to kill myself" to so, "No, I'm gonna fight actually, my way out of here." Yeah, I want to live, and we'll see what happens. They had the fucking great graduate, and <laughs> like now what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love graduate. it. Again, yeah. it's just perfect way to end. Yeah, because you had your slice of paradise, and it's like nothing lasts forever, and it's kind of an exactly. amazing. Yeah. Of- yeah, because it gets ruined, and this is like the film. Obviously, we had a little bit with uh, the ending to Night of the Living Dead, but like this was the film that really fucking brought on like the people, the other people, the, yeah, the humans yeah. are the worst Definitely things to during the fucking zombie yeah. apocalypse because it's like they're gonna want what you have, and you have everything, and these raiders yeah. come in and ruin it all. And they bring in all the numbers, yeah, too. Yeah, they like fuck it all up. To their own away. detriment, also, because yeah. you see a lot of them get taken out by the zombies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah only yeah. one of them survive, right? At the end. Yeah, well, if so. you have, one yeah. drive now, he shoots. Yeah, if you have a yeah. drive out, yeah, off, but, yeah. And yeah. they Most get mauled get by the zombies. <laughs> Most of them get mauled, yeah. 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 Uh, mauled in a mall. I'm here on Tommy in the podcast. I don't think we'll ever get a better pun. (laughs) (laughs) Like many of Romero's films, Dawn of the Dead's production was based in his native Pittsburgh, which meant that getting people to be in the movie was often as simple as contacting friends and family and inviting them to appear on camera. So we get a little bit more of that like we did in the first film. Loads more people. Loads more. Romero makes a cameo in the film himself alongside his uh, future wife and producer, Chris. In the film's opening sequence at the TV station, I definitely saw him. He's like, I think he plays the director, a uh, guy who just yeah. sort of shakes his head and walks off the screen because there's <laughs> like chaos going. Like, uh, man, all the shit they keep cutting back to the guys just like going nuts about like, you know, like we have to shoot them in the head. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love Beat all that them and shit. burn them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Savini. Here we go. Yeah. The kids. Ah. <sighs> They're back. Zombie kids are back, and we have to fucking kill them this time. It's another the thing. Two little white that. kids another with thing. identical bowl cuts. Sweet yeah. life of Zach and Cody looking motherfuckers. <laughs> I watched that. Like I can't believe they showed that on camera. Yeah, I can't believe that happened. These uh, these two kids are Tom Sabini's niece and nephew. Aww. Uh, so yeah, they burst out of the the uh, closet at the landing strip and they attack Peter and he has to take him out. So again, another thing that Peter had to deal with. Traumatic. Yeah. yeah killing children. Killing children. That's war. Yeah. Crush bra. Peter bra. <laughs> killing little kids bra. Kid bra. <laughs> Look at the flowers, Lizzie. <laughs> the flowers. Oh God. Yeah. That episode. <sighs> Iconic. Oh. <laughs> kill her immediately. Just kill her. She's a problem. Just kill her. Don't wait. Uh, <laughs> kill all the children. You don't need them. Gonna... <laughs> who keeps having kids <laughs> during the fucking like worldwide yeah. like epidemic this quiet place bullshit yeah. I mean I get it get here get knocked whatever. up right before yeah it's like you, you should have known I, mean? I know yeah. I know they don't do it a lot even in The Walking Dead you occasionally you get like these moments of like these like oh there's a dead baby or a corpse baby or yeah. some shit and you get it and it's sort of like horrible to see but it's like I love how just in your face he is because that's something that it exists. Where are all the fucking children? Like, we're no yeah. little kids. Yeah, it's like GTA. They're like, in a Grand Theft Auto game, there's no kid yeah. anymore. Yeah, they're, they're not I guess kids. they just get eaten. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they'd be the first to be eaten. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah, by the humans as well. Like, yeah, just exactly. Like, they're cannibals. They're, they're like so you got to look out for cannibals. That yeah, there was that one scene land. in The Walking Dead yeah. where they had to eat like a bunch of dogs that they put down. Like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. But again, you don't see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't uh, want to see it. <laughs> uh, Tom Savini himself, of course, he plays the biker who is now affectionately known as Blades. Blade. <laughs> we, will, we will see more of. God, they made him look cool as fuck. He got like Blades loads of moments. He always looks cool as fuck, though, right? Like, yeah. that's just him. When you're in he's charge cool. of the makeup, like, yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. But he got the leather yeah. jacket and the jean, yeah. and like, but he just he gets like kick a bunch of Dumby Nothing. Yeah. Like a bunch in a row, and he died in like the most heroic poet. He's like taking on three of them and then gets shot. My man has a cock pistol on from dust to dawn. No one, Bro. like he he could do whatever the fuck he the wants. The sex machine, like. yeah. Put <laughs> some respect on that. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the bikers though of the Raiders. So he's part of the Raiders. He's their number two. But the rest of them, they're not actors. As with some of the smaller speaking roles, getting extras to show up in Dawn of the Dead was only a matter of just calling around. To find the right people. So as a result, the National Guardsmen present in the film, as well as some of the police officers, they were all just like real National Guardsmen and real and cops. The rednecks were local rednecks, I'm assuming. Yeah. Everybody, Crazy. like this, I was thinking while watching it, being like, God, this must, must have been so much fun to like be an extra on. I bet oh, they yeah. stole their friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can see the excitement. There's a few yeah. shots where you can see people laugh. Zombies are so yeah. happy Like to breaking be there. away. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh my yeah, God, yeah. yeah. This is insane. Yeah. Like, I'm getting shot awesome. <laughs> Throw me in the pool. <laughs> the legendary sequence with all the biker gang coming in and raiding the mall. Production managed to find real bikers in the form of a group called the Pagans who brought their own motorcycles for the shoot. So you had a real motorcycle gang. Romero was sort of like, I don't know who called them, but they just showed up. <laughs> it's just like, all right. <laughs> like those girls in Fast and Furious 1 to Ja Rule. Yeah. That one girl. Yeah. Monica. I don't know how she's acting again. Monica! Monash! They were just in a trailer. It's like, yeah. <laughs> this is Jesus this is that. The, the bikers. Yeah. Before they it's just the bikers. They just showed up. <laughs> they I just want to hang out and get fucked Someone up. Someone like put some meth around and they just appeared. I don't know. <laughs> they just sprinkled some <laughs> meth around the mall. It's like a and summoning circle. Flocked. It's It'll a be, ceremony. Yeah. yeah, with like around a pentagram. You have to snort it in the form of a pentagram. (laughs) (laughs) He's renowned among horror fans as the man responsible for building zombies into the most effective monsters. Romero didn't spend too much time guiding his undead ghouls. Like I said, he basically just tried to offer details and direction in terms of zombie behavior. He started to, you know, basically his rules for zombies would be created, but it was just sort of like stay in these parameters and that's it. So Mm. it's basically just like a, yeah, you just have to be dead. Oh, go I mean, but you you fucking see the difference between an extra and an actor being a zombie. Like when yeah. fucking Flyboy turned, mm. oh that's my some gosh. of the best zombie acting I've seen with the fucking Horror. leg and, and the gun. And I think the yeah. root of how every single zombie extra or actor will perform for the rest <laughs> of like history. The, the long- <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rest of history. Like the, the, the way his face moved, the way his leg sort of locked in Blaze's arms yeah. it, it was awesome really? I'm glad you brought that up though too as well because like um, we've been talking about the use of tools and how mm. like so holding some the of these gun. zombies are carrying guns and stuff and, yeah um, but they're just like pointing at the them, guy right? that's holding yeah. it like he's <laughs> holding a cone away from yeah. yeah. well just wait until we get to the next film Ooh. not oh. the dead remake but the next one Day, Day of the, the dead. dead Dead by it Day it starts to get really interesting Dia de los Muertos we start getting really interesting. Dawn of the Dead began filming in November 1977 at 
guess what? The Monroeville Mall. He just went to the same goddamn mall that was the inspiration for the film. I think I like awesome. this I guess it helps to know someone as well. And plus, he yeah. found out there was like a whole back, like you know, area that they, they were going to tear down. Again, so, yeah. it's got that awesome. great indie movie vibe. It looked like they just shot Gorilla at a fucking mall making. overnight yeah. while it was closed. And like just go, cleaned up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, gotta go. They did. Yeah, that's I exactly love that. what happened. I I love it was an that. actual yeah. open yeah. shopping mall, and they did it during the Christmas shopping season. So that caused some time constraints. And uh, so basically, filming began once the mall closed, starting at 11 p.m. and ending at 7 a.m. when the automatic Muzak machine came on. Muzak. <laughs> when they heard that Muzak, they were like, all right, time to go. Uh, as December arrived, the production decided against having the crew remove and replace the Christmas decorations. So it would just be like too time consuming because they already, I think it like went in and put like new lights in to like make it like better to film in. Yeah. So like yeah, uh, they're yeah. replacing all the light bulbs and stuff. But yeah, just like imagine like it's bad enough. You probably made a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> like all that blood. Motorcycles. And, and motorcycles. All sorts of crazy shit going on. Did they put anything in? Because they're like bits that are just like too perfect. Like that, that great shot where uh, Francine is just sat there and behind her it's like an expecting mother sign. <laughs> you know? And it's <laughs> oh, like, oh my yeah. God, was that just in the mall? They, like a maternity have, yeah. Maybe. I mean, they might have, because I think that is a bit of a thing in malls, like places to kind of like sit or whatever. I'm not, I mean. Yeah, I mean, but, what's, it's like the guy, what's the guy with chicken and fucking blood pressure? I mean, it's a great joke, <laughs> yeah. but why? He like runs yeah. over, like he's so yeah. into it. He like wants to do it. And the, yeah. the, it's just the arm still there. So, yeah. I read okay. something else about how like they, some of the zombie, the people who are dressed in zombie makeup and stuff were like, uh, going to like photo booths and they were taking photos of themselves oh, as and zombies and zombie I makeup. Really but then they got them blown up and they were putting them in like, you know, like uh, how there's stock photos like, yeah. uh, like on the outside. So they were yeah. putting those stock photos blown up and they replaced them on the photo booth. So if someone came to this photo booth, they would just see nothing but photos of like <laughs> zombie people. <laughs> awesome. That's funny. That would terrify me. Yeah. That is awesome. So yeah, filming was shut down during at least three weeks of the year to avoid the possible continuity differences and lost shooting time. So they basically just resumed in January third 1978 but during this break in filming romero took the opportunity to just start editing so he was just editing the film himself just kind of figure out what he wanted to do with it uh the scenes of the group's hideout at the top of the mall were filmed on a set built at romero's then production company the latent image so that was not actually a part of the mall um i think mm. it was more of those like passageways that were actually part of the mall uh mm. also i, I think the the, again the the thing with the elevator, that whole thing, I think that was also shot somewhere else as well because mm. that wasn't at the mall. Uh, the gun store as well was not located at the mall. They filmed that, like, uh, this place called Firearms Unlimited that existed in East Liberty District of Pittsburgh at the time. So America, they just made it man. Like, then they, yeah. yeah. I, it would be very weird. I've never seen a gun store in a mall. You have I'm, it in a mall, yeah, but, like, but that's like they're separate buildings, right? Yeah, like, and it's also not quite like that. Yeah, like, it's, but you never. Yeah, not without the it. antlers. Yeah, yeah, but you never. I mean, it, yeah. You see that he did that twice in a row. That the exact name sequence in Night of the Living Dead. She walked into the room, and it's like a quick, like yeah. a, <laughs> a quick cut of all the dead animals hanging around, yeah. staring at her. And the same thing happened to Peter um, yeah. when he walked into. God. I don't know what it is. Like I, I like the 
you know, I mean, it's the dead. The staring of it. it's back the, at him. And it's literally being confronted with the dead and like yeah. the hunter. Yeah. These things you have killed. It's like you were the hunter. Now you're the hunted. You, yeah. You're the hunter. It's like yeah. that's cool. But it's like he did it. He really liked that shot. Yeah. If he did it in both movies 10 years If apart. it ain't broke. Well, guess who man. else did it? Don't Sam Raimi. It. Sam and Raimi, Raimi did, did it. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. well into it. And Ace Ventura too. Oh, man. Oh, lest we forget. How did I feel? Uh, How did I know you were going to bring up Ace Ventura 2? It's once a week. I'm just bringing it up. When nature calls. Yeah. (laughs) When nature calls. When nature calls. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, According to the original screenplay, here we go. So the ending of the film you've talked about is pretty interesting. It's a nice take that it's like. A little bit more hopeful, although mm. very bleak still because it's that sort of everybody's like, dead. We lost yeah, yeah. everything, and now and what? they don't have fuel. Yeah, they're not going to get far. Mm. So Peter and Francine were supposed to kill themselves originally. God damn! Puts the gun to his head in the shot. He has a little gentleman's pistol. He just puts it to his head. Yeah, a and they show him later. They reshot the ending to a point where it's just basically having him escape. Fran also, she sticks her head into the path of the uh, rotating helicopter blades. Um, so that headpiece oh. or whatever that was built for it to chop off the brain, they you, they used it earlier in the film, and I think that was something that was going to be used for her. For the but of course, they oh liked the gosh. idea of of it so they had that stupid zombie who had the like Frankenstein head just like get his head cut off yeah. oh, yeah. the helicopter which is awesome like I, I I was like that's awesome that looks cool as shit but yeah that was supposed to be for her and there's even a, like, so a moment gruesome. where it looks like she's sort of about to do that and then they cut away so it's like Jesus Christ yeah. that's fucking bleak so the ending credits would have run over a shot of the helicopter blades uh, turning until the engine winds down oh. that the two would have uh, not gotten far if they chose to escape yeah. anyway. That's some Inception shit right yeah. there. Yeah. What a fucking like horribly like ambiguous like challenging yeah. ending to put on. Like what is the pretty Did, did, did the totem like, spin? Does it keep spinning? Who's yeah. what's <laughs> real? Do you think they ran out of fuel or not? Do you think they ran out of fuel? Blake so yeah, turning, they bro. decided they decided the not to do it, it uh, and they changed the ending of the film. I don't really know why but I mean I like the ending, but that would have been a crazy ending. But yeah, maybe I would not it. have wanted to see the pregnant yeah. woman stick her head through helicopter blades. I think also, that's the throughout line. the film, throughout the film, I've only seen Roger duck once under the blades when they get out or get into the chopper, and you're He's always supposed to duck. He's and everyone else doesn't do that. And I'm like, are you out here trying to duck? He's, uh, He's the shortest <laughs> one. And he ducks. and the tall guy doesn't duck. Like, yeah. <laughs> nah, you're cool. <laughs> All right, special effects. We've talked a bit about Tom Savini, so let's get into it. He's special effects man extraordinaire. He was offered the job on Night of the Living Dead, but he was drafted to Vietnam. Oh, wow. He wasn't, able, he wasn't able to do it. So, yeah, he would eventually become known one of horror's greatest gore wizards. Mm. But at the time, Dawn of the Dead, Tom Savini's career as a special effects artist was actually still pretty young. Uh, as he... Recalled later, he was doing a play in North Carolina when Romero called him up and said, we got another gig. Think of ways to kill people, which was ah. his specialty. He was, that was probably something he heard, he heard a lot in his career. I mean, you know, Think of ways Friday to kill the 13th. People. How can, how can yeah. you kill people? Um, <laughs> so he would have, he would have been very close to have doing Friday the 13th. I think this really put him on the map, this mm. film. 
and is unbelievable. He later recalled that he was given a great deal of freedom to play with different ideas for many, many gore effects in Dawn of the Dead, so much that many of the most memorable effects were made up on the day of shooting, including the scene where a zombie uh, takes a screwdriver through the ear. Yeah. Oh, that was one of my favorites. Really Which I also thought like, was uh, hilarious. Yeah. Any pool it's of blood so shots. gentle yeah. the yeah. way he presses the, the screwdriver into his yeah. ear. I'm a walking yeah. dead. It would have been a jab. Yeah, just like... Out. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's like it's so, so tender. Yeah, the, the <laughs> similar shot when uh, when Roger, you know, he's all bandaged up and he's trying to get mm. into the car, um, and then Dumby grabbed his uh, leg. Oh, and then the squ- and, like oh. the, he just like yeah. squashed it, like pushing his thumb into it, yeah. and it just oh god damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's worse than the ear for me. Gross. Just any yeah. pool, yeah. any pool of blood, any like building of blood. Gross. The other, the other thing that was uh, improvised on the spot was the exploding head during the SWAT raid. Oh, yeah, that's a shot. banging effect. That's yeah. right at the beginning of the that's movie. Wow. Yeah. So Savini's knack for impro- improvisation also served him well in another capacity, which was to be the character Blades, the biker. Blades. And it was not in the original script. It was uh, just added in simply during shooting. I think he saw the spikers coming. He was probably just like, let me have some fun. Me too. It looks like he's having the most fun. And he he delivered maybe my favorite kill. It's not the most Oh, the machete? The machete. Hell yeah. It just looks fucking great. Yeah. It looked really good. Like it really holds up. I love his friend that helps him like hold the head while he gets the machete out. I'm like, (laughs) It's a yeah. biker. That's not a biker gang. That's a family. Yeah, they're family. They're <laughs> and he also has the death where he's like he's killed, but he like falls over, Adjustically. yeah, over the balcony and he into like a fountain. Maybe could have survived, saving his body from being eaten by other zombies. But will he return? Will he Blades return? The Who movie. Knows? Um, let's, let's see. Will Blades return? That is the question. I hope. I hope so. I haven't seen the next one. If you're fucking with me, I'm gonna be well annoyed. <laughs> yeah, Blades the movie. Well, we'll see. We'll see, Phil. Uh, maybe not the next one. Maybe not the one after. But we'll see. Eventually. Blades may return, uh, which is kind of funny because, like I said, Dawn of the Dead, Day, uh, the Day of the Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead, any of these films, none of them are really sequels. They are just standalone zombie films of a franchise that are time and place of people existing in a zombie apocalypse and how they are dealing with it at that certain time. And it's kind of like it evolves. The the situation evolves each time. But like Mm -hmm. the people themselves are almost like they're in it for the first time. And it's kind of like I I like I like that about these because it's never like you're not really like who. It's like, oh, they got away at the end of the film, but like you're never going to see them again. So who cares? Like. Dawn of the Dead was released, uh, first released in uh, international markets, arriving in Italian theaters in the fall of 1978, months before it would land in the United States. In just a few weeks, the film was a commercial success overseas without ever playing to American audiences. So when Probably. Romero and company ran into the MPAA demands, which they didn't have to deal with that first time around, <laughs> they didn't want to cut the film down. Uh, they doubled down and they just released the film unrated without any cuts to the gore. And that's where I What's think it? this became a bit of a video nasty for a little while, like mm. in the UK, because it was just like, yeah, just shit they were doing. It's kind of crazy. It's really fucking insane. But that's also what leads to these weird multiple versions. So we have Argento's there. He's helping 
Romero yeah. like was uh, the script consultant. He Music. helped financing on the film. So in exchange, Argento retained the rights to a recut for the film in various foreign markets, while Romero retained final cut for North and South America. As a result, the Italian version of the film was shorter. Argento trimmed down certain jokes that he felt audiences wouldn't get. He got rid of the pie face segment. I think it's uh, very American. So this yeah. uh, increased the darkness in the film, which led to uh, certain content cuts in other foreign markets. I think it's like banned <laughs> like in Germany or something. I don't know. It was banned. I think banned in a, f- a few places. So this is why there's like several cuts of the film. Like it started ending up around the world. Um, just different versions of it and including a R-rated release that was recut for drive-in theaters in 1982. Hmm. Argento's version was also uh, called Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I in Italy, which led to a franchise of its own, (laughs) which is known here in the UK as Zombie Flesh Flesh Eaters. So (laughs) that also saw many other versions around the world and in certain territories, they started to add unrelated films into the franchise. So the zombie flesh eaters or zombie uh, film series is one of the most like insane series ever. Cause there's like in different markets, like Thailand has its own version where they start throwing in all these other random films. And it's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe one day that's a complicated project for us to take on for franchise, but not right now. I can't be bothered. That's <laughs> kind of like hurting Too my head much. to think about. Yeah. The music in the film also varies between cuts. So for Romero's theatrical version, we have musical cues and selections that were taken from the Wolf Music Library, which is a compilation of stock music scores and cues. Notable tracks include The Gonk, which gets parodied quite a bit. And uh, I think like Shaun of the Dead, they do a little parody of it. So it's like a funny stock music. And I think that's something that Romero was kind of into. I mean, it's yeah. kind of similar with Night of the Living Dead. You get a lot of that stock music. But then you also get uh, Cause I'm, I'm a Man by The Pretty Things. And I think that's sort of the, at the beginning um, <laughs> when they're flying over and all the like the fucking rednecks and like army yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. taking photos and shit. And oh, God, song. yeah. It's really cool. But then there was also music from longtime Dario Gento collaborators, Goblin, which is the the yeah. super that cool bit. synth soundscape. Literally oh my, my favorite. Like, so good. And it's so such good. a signature thing as well. When you hear it, you're kind of just like, oh, all right, let's go. Let's get ready for this. Yeah, let's get I'm ready there. for something. Yeah, I'm There's there. some of those like fucking bass lines, which is probably the song I'm going to use in the background. Just like that. that boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, and it just like gets you in. You're like, yeah, and you get these like cool ass. Oh, just totally the way, like, even from like the title sequence, you get that red wall, and then it like pans over to Francine, and she screams, and you hear those synths, and you're kind of just like, we are in, like we're in for this. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it was awesome. Gave me chills. Is it one of their songs that um, only Nancy Dusty pointed it out that the I'm assuming it's the Goblin track that played when they're on the rooftop that the, the gorilla used. For yeah, Demon yeah. Day. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That they yeah, sampled. So, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was really cool. Well, Argento's cut also uh, basically just removed all of Romero's stock music, and it has <laughs> extensive use of the Goblin music. <laughs> That's not the only version that was out there, because there was also the original version that was released at Cannes, which is like called the extended cut. Yeah. So Romero refers. It sometimes it's wrongfully called the, the director's cut. cut. Yeah. But Romero views the theatrical cut as his definitive version. 
but the extended version it's a little bit longer it was released for 10 and it has nothing but st- sort of stock music there's no goblin soundtrack in there and I, I think that's like a shame <laughs> it's yeah. so good uh dawn of the dead was a big hit upon release it was shot on a budget of six hundred and forty thousand dollars <laughs> and it went in went on How? to earn 66 million dollars internationally holy shit i mean and that's way more than the first one but that's still no money yeah when you gorilla shoot in a mall that'll save you lots of yeah it's like we don't need that money cool plus he he knew the guy who like yeah exactly company ran it so he probably had an in maybe didn't have to pay too much who knows yeah like its predecessor it garnered a large international cult following Critics mostly loved it too, with uh, many praising its themes, its gruesome violence, and its special effects. In particular, praise was given to Tom Savini. A lot of people were saying he was basically the star of the show. I mean, obviously <laughs> on screen, but also just like what he did with special effects yeah. was groundbreaking. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I did read a funny thing though. Like he, he, he was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna paint everybody's gray. Like everybody's gray. Everybody has gray faces, similar to the first film. People in the background just gray. Who gives a shit?" People in the front, they get a little bit more gruesome sort of, uh, you know, effects done to them. But yeah. it's all gray. But it turned out to be really blue. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching everyone looks blue. And it's just like funny. He's just like, ah, oh, that was kind of a mistake in, in the end. But, dude, all the other shit, like, holy cow, man. And awesome. it's only going to get better yeah. from here. So, so after the success of the film, Romero would quickly get to work on another installment in his Dead series. But it'll take a little bit, not a quite 10 years, but it'll take a little bit of time. And that would be 1985's Day of the Dead, which we'll cover in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. But much like Night of the Living Dead and all those other films for that matter, Dawn of the Dead saw a remake in 2004 by the notorious Zack Snyder in his feature film <laughs> debut. Yeah. And that's what we'll be doing when we take our first side mission for season mm-hmm. two next week. Podcast. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's, it's, it's like one of one the of my favorite. <laughs> genuinely, it's yeah. arguably the only good remake. The only good remake. It's yeah. like one yeah. of my favorite Snyder um, films. Arguably, sure. we're gonna have a lot of Snyder talk next week, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Get ready. Yeah, right. I don't know where you two. I know where John lied. I'm not sure where Ari lied. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty. I'm. You'll find out. You want to know now? I'll, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was telling Ari that I would want it to be on your level, but we got to figure it out. Maybe it'll happen next next week. See. Watch it. You're missing out, man. <laughs> Now. All right. So as always, you can follow us at Breadcrumbs Pod on Twitter and Instagram and learn more about the Breadcrumbs Collective at breadcrumbscollective.com. Feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about the show. And as always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast. It really helps us grow the show and we would love to hear yeah. your thoughts. Um, what do you think about Dawn of the Dead? What do you think about Zack Snyder? <laughs> um, what do you think about... <laughs> Jeremy yeah. Renner? Who knows? Yeah, should should Zack Snyder get an app like Jeremy Renner? Let us know your, your thoughts. Um, should Zack Snyder remake his remake with Jeremy Renner? Should Zack yeah. Snyder remake the Jeremy Renner app? Ah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so let us I'd know. Buy it. I'd buy it. I'd pre-order it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm totally down. For oh, the Jeremy we'll Renner app? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm buying stock in it. I think it's a good investment. <laughs> Not this bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for now. We'll see you next week over Franchise World. We're talking about Day of the Dead. Sorry, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. Then day. Dawn, night, dawn, dawn, day. That's how time works. We don't have rights to that song either. Okay. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.